Does Jerry Schmidt have the most pressure of anyone on staff I, right now? If they don't look like uh, the most well-conditioned team in football next year, then, yeah, he'll be back on the hot seat. First mm-hmm. false start we get. Fire Schmidt. His team ain't disciplined. First blown lead in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. You got to win the fourth. Because that's, that is how uh, strength and conditioning is so tough. Any other coach on the staff, if the O-line's not playing well, well, the O-line coach isn't very good. Backers aren't very good, well, then that means they're coaching very good. But that's really kind of the only way, outside of just like seeing bodies change throughout a career, is how teams perform in the fourth quarter. And I guess you can be in good shape, but still not be a good fourth quarter team at times. Yeah. Normally, if you are in good shape, that means you are a good fourth quarter team, but... I'm sure there's some situations where that's not always the case. Well, football, there is no there is no silver bullet, right? Um, just being the most conditioned team isn't going to win you the football game. There's a lot of other things that come with that. You got to be well conditioned. You got to be well prepared. You got to be disciplined. Um, you know, you you've got to have, you know, just talented guys, physically talented guys. There's a lot to it. There is no one silver bullet, but I would say that by the time by the time we kick kick things off next next season, I I think we will have vastly improved that wing of the football program and not just bigger, faster, stronger, but the the details, right? The the toughness and I don't need to go into the spiel about what toughness is, but I, I think all the aspects of, of what he brings is is all going to be better, and we'll be a better football team for it. But that is not the end all be all. That's just part of the part of the puzzle. Yeah. Well, also factor in that uh, maybe this new offensive coordinator won't get so pass happy uh, with the lead in the fourth quarter. Maybe he'll be uh, you know maybe sticking to the run game a little bit more in the final fifteen minutes. Just saying. Sometimes your best offense, Teddy, isn't the deep shot down the field. It's just uh, running it for five and six yards every single down. Doesn't always have to be flashy to be the most effective. If you want to gauge how good your offensive coordinator is, I mean, there's a real metric for it. You just count the run the balls from the stands. Uh, yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> if you get a bunch of uh, – Run the dang footballs from the stands. That means you got a bad offensive. And honestly, that's when I should have known that Mulesy was not the right guy. Our our our, uh, our buddy John from Brown O'Haver brought a run the damn ball hat about two <laughs> years ago, and should have known then that he was right. Need a head coach that needs to buy into that. Uh, mm. I love it. The old trucker hat yep. with the rope across the uh, bill. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, text line, will you tell Teddy to tell BV to have the spring game in the evening? It was so epic. So there's a lot of conversation around that today. Uh, Plank talked about it earlier as well. Would you rather have the spring game at night or in the day? For me, the Friday night experience from a few years ago was was awesome. Awesome. And I would be totally down for that again, but Whatever, whenever it is, Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock, Friday night, whenever, I feel like this is going to be maybe the largest spring game crowd that we've ever seen at Ooh. OU with just all the excitement around here. Good theory. It is going to be a destination type of event for OU fans. Well, yeah, is is Baker's statue finally happening? 
I would think it's finally going to happen this time around. And I don't know if they'll group Kyler in there as well, but either one of those guys or both, that's a draw. Honestly, I just think the draw, though, is to get to see this team in person for the first time, be able to cheer for Brent Venables. It's going to be – it'll be a big deal, a real big deal. Is Lincoln trying to put one of Baker Mayfield's statues out on USC campus? And I'd be shocked if he doesn't have, like, one of those fatheads in his office. Of would, Baker will he be here for the – No, got it. Lincoln – Statue unveiling? He will never step foot in Norman, Oklahoma ever again. I'm serious. Ever again, he will never step foot in Norman City limits. I'm not so sure he ever steps foot in Oklahoma again. So you're telling me that you're you're saying right now, like when we leave the Big 12, we'll never host Texas Tech. <laughs> good, good point. For a non-conference. Good, good That's point. what you're telling me. Yeah, good point. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that would be the only way. Is if his and you know what. Um, he might fake COVID or something if his team has to come to Norman and play. Coach, why'd you miss the game? There's been a lot of speculation. Well, <laughs> it's probably uh, um, you know not near as exciting as you guys uh, may think it is. What was his exact quote? Is why he missed the the oh, my, the, the reasoning isn't exciting. You know, my mom texts me and asks if I'm okay, but the reasoning's not <laughs> as excited as you think it is. Yeah, whatever he said. <laughs> But no, I, this year will not be a spring game where you can like walk up the day of the game and buy a ticket. I, I feel like those will need to be uh, purchased in advance. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe there's only 45,000 people there, which would still be a good crowd. But I just, you and I both see all of the excitement on social media and all the stuff. You were telling me yesterday, you've talked to people that are totally bought back into the program, weren't going to games for a while because they've lost interest. It seems like the kind of... You know, average OU fan is totally bought in like the diehards are. Yep. Yep. I think a lot of people during the the head coaching search and the whole Lincoln going to USC situation, like even people that hadn't been fans ever, there was a little bit of FOMO going on, right? And it's all that everyone was talking about, so you didn't want to – not be up to speed on what was happening. So people started, you know, getting into the, the Twitter aspect of things and following along with, with what was going on out there. And I think it, think it, you ended up getting more people, you know, involved in, in, in the football program than there were previously and definitely got some people that had drifted away a little bit, whether it was over the pandemic or, you know, whatever it may have been. I think a lot of those people got reeled back in. Text line says they won't have enough workers to open the upper deck. Well, they better start recruiting and find some people because if they want to open up the upper deck, there will be uh, people to sit there. Yeah, well, that is that is an interesting aspect of it. It was difficult to find people to to work it, but I don't know. I, I'm honestly, I don't know what to think of. The spring game. I, I think that they'll probably do the statue situation. Outside of that, I think you're going to have probably a fairly typical spring game. Leanne Rimes will be in concert before the game. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. That would be good. But I don't I don't know if, if it's going to be made into like something more than what it is. 
if Venables believes that that's like a huge recruiting opportunity and tries to make some I think it will event. be. I don't know if he will use it as a big opportunity, but I think it, it, it could be a big because you really don't have any marquee home games next year outside of the Baylor game, right? KSU. Yeah. I mean, if that's what we're talking Kansas. about as a marquee home game, then spring game might be a pretty good opportunity to, to host some guys. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the spring game is in the parking lot at the ranch. Did you? I was making that comment with Parker earlier. I said, "Are they at the ranch every other night right now?" I feel like every day when I log on to Twitter, I could It's about fifty yeah. dudes out there in the uh, like right by the front door. Like, ah, enjoyed a great night at the ranch. I couldn't tell if that was the same exact picture from last time or not. They <laughs> love that place, and, and I wonder how they do it. If it's like a if it's like a team dinner, and to keep it smaller, they rotate guys. I, through I don't or know, something. It, and it is a good spot. I I love the ranch. I've been there great a few times. Spot. It's a great spot, but they are all about that place. Man, they've tried everything on the menu twice by now. Wow. Well, hey, um, I think the ranch probably loves them even more. You bring in fifty football players that uh, that can put away some food. Probably uh, probably doing them some, some good over there as well. Text line, how great are our chances at the Overton brothers? Did you hear that? Uh, Lebius Overton reclassified. Right. They offered his brother, Micaiah Overton, which he was a defensive lineman at Liberty. He's in the portal now. He wants to play with his brother. Now, he only had one tackle in his career at Liberty, but uh, OU extended that offer today. Obviously... In hopes of getting uh, Levius as well. Uh, all I have to say about that is Viva la Liberté. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, sure, if it lands you the number one defensive lineman in I'm okay with it. what was previously the 23 class and is now going to reclassify it to the 22, yeah, you he, offer He him. was uh, the number three overall player in the 23 class behind uh, Archmania. Mm-hmm. and Malachi Nelson. He was the number three overall player, reclassified to this year, and he's still a top 20 player. So this dude's legit. Like I'm fine with extending the offer to the older brother who only has one career tackle at Liberty. I uh, And I don't think that they will. I, they probably don't need to make this a, a habit, though, moving forward. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. Liberty's got some good football players. I don't know like what his – Situate. How long has he been playing there? Is he quite he, a bit older? And is, he was there three. Was he there two or three years? Is, okay. I, I think he was maybe a redshirt freshman last year. I want to say. Um, well, here's the thing, man. It, if if you're talking a uh, like, there's a there's a point where you don't just give out a scully to get the brother. But. There's a point you do, and right? This, and this is the yes, this is the point where you do, especially at a position like defensive lineman. And I'm not, I'm not trying to put some comparison to the Shetron brothers at Edmond Santa Fe, but I'm just saying it's a different situation if we're talking about a wide receiver than we are a defensive lineman. I mean, defensive lineman recruiting is a little bit tougher to find these types of guys. Hmm. You'll be in the situation for a D lineman over maybe a wide receiver. If you're not like pointing a finger, then why did you bring it up? Just because the the wide receiver scenario. Because I 
the comparison was the wide receiver position, not their situation, and how easily <laughs> wide receivers are a dime a dozen. That's what I was trying to say. All right. Oh, in so- a long way that didn't obviously didn't work out not only are you pointing a finger at them needlessly now you're saying that the position that the whatever uh, it's not what i meant it's a dime a dozen well i i do yes i say that about wide receivers you could have just said well you do it at d-line you don't do it at receiver and then left it at that but you had to because i thought everyone would be like oh he's talking about the shetron brothers ain't he okay well, leave that up to them. Well, it would have. Hey, I'm holding it right here. It's where it would have happened. Whenever you said I'm not talking about them, you you broadcast to everyone. Good. It didn't. That, it that didn't is sound exactly good. what you're it didn't talking sound about. Good. But back to the original question that we did not answer: How great are OU's chances at the Overton brothers? Well, Parker says uh, he thinks it's OU and A and M are the top two. So, I'll take his word for that one. What? Are, without a putting a joke in here, because I won't be able to tell, what are A&M's academics known for? I mean, I know it's like, are they? is it good? Are they known for having really good academics or no? Um, I don't feel like that's the case. Someone would make a joke. No. <laughs> I don't, because I honestly don't know. Now, but the, the joke, that's supposedly like a huge part of... They have a huge enrollment there, which is not surprising. I don't know what they're known for. Text line will let us know. And I don't know necessarily what uh, this kid, what direction he wants to go, but it's supposedly a big part of his recruitment, right? In that Academics? Yeah. But he's got A&M in there? Well, I, I'm just going off of what I think that they, him and his parents said. Because what's his dad's the athletic director at what, Kennesaw State or something like that? Huh. So academics are a big part of. Are you talking about Lebius, the yeah. the five star defensive lineman, a big part of his recruitment? Yes. Okay, I had not heard that, but that's yeah. new to me. That's why I'm asking. A&M is an engineering school. Thank you, uh, text line. Right, and I don't, I don't know if that's what he's like pursuing. I have no idea, but the joke's always been that the kids that go to Tech are the ones that didn't get into A and M or Texas. Yeah. I can see that. I, I feel like the tiers are Texas one, A and M two, um, North Texas three, and for then, academics. Then Tech is some. some well, isn't Baylor similar. really good? That's like a yeah, med yeah. school and stuff, right? Yeah, Baylor's Baylor's good. I'm sure TCU's good too. Tech's pretty low down there. I feel like. Nice party school though. Yeah, it is. It'd Which be a fun is time. Being a party school will get you way more enrollment than being a good academic school. Uh, great engineering programs. They have a huge network in the oil and gas business. That's from uh, Tiger Rube. A&M is very big in agriculture as well, hence the Aggies. Yeah, I could have guessed that. Yeah. He had said he's looking for a good engineering school. Well, apparently that'd be A&M. Yeah. Lebius is interested in engineering and business. There you go. There you go. Very difficult to get into A&M. Good school, weird, cult-like people. He's, he's looking to get into engineering and business. Then that sounds like a good place to go. But if he also wants to get into winning football, that is not a good place to go. Yeah, but if he says, uh, well, I'm really interested in NIL opportunities, that's when I'll be like, yeah, not looking too good here. <laughs> Any NIL opportunities in engineering with A&M? Do you have any doubt that even though his uh, older brother, again, uh, one tackle at Liberty, 
I still feel like A&M will offer him a $3 million NIL deal. Yeah, I was about to say, we shouldn't stop with just offering him. <laughs> you know, like what else can we do? What else can we do? All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on. Stay with us. Boy, we're getting really uh, learned up right now on the Air Comfort Solutions text line about Texas A&M. More officers graduate at A&M than West Point. A&M is known for its connections and how they take care of one another in the business world. A&M is a top 40 school. More CEOs at Fortune Top 1000 companies than any other university, unfortunately. And then, of course, a whole lot of cheerleader jokes, which I, I thought was going to happen. I think that that's got to uh, – I mean, the Fortune 500 thing, it, I'm, it's not that I'm doubting that, but my guess is it's probably almost exclusively oil and gas companies sure. that run up, yeah. sell out, you know, or whatever, or are still owned and still there. But, okay – all right, we got the picture on A&M. Don't send us any more about how good their academics are. Yeah, come on. It's, <laughs> you know the bit on this show. We don't talk – we don't say anything good about A&M, Texas, Oklahoma State, Tech. Um, is that about it? We say good – I say good things about Oklahoma State all the time. Like what? I, I love Coach Gundy. I think he's fantastic. Okay, what else? Uh, I had a good defense last year. <laughs> Okay, we've identified two things. Um, Is that where the list ends? They've got a good wrestling mm. program. Yeah, all right. Well, we found three things that you can say good things about. Boynton's a good coach. Mm, they got like a 500 record right now, though they well, did uh, beat OU last week. That's true, but there was some uh, – Oklahoma State got – the absolute shaft from the NCAA. Yeah, they did. Uh, big news in college football today. Brian Harson is being retained. I am uh, shocked. <laughs> shocked, I tell you. And it feels like everyone else is shocked, too. It all, uh, like last Friday when this was going down, it's like, yeah, this is just a matter of time. He's going to get fired. Good luck in recruiting, Auburn. Um, this is probably going to set you back quite a bit. And they got a pretty rugged schedule next year. Me thinks they don't even make a bowl game next year. Maybe they were looking for a reason to fire him for probable cause. I don't know, but I, I am very surprised he is still the head coach uh, of the Auburn Tigers as of today. What about you? I think that – am I surprised he's still the coach? Yeah, I guess I am. But this is, frankly, for Harson and for the, the players at that school – it's a disaster, and it is so avoidable. To go out and make some of these things public like they did and, and undercut your football coach, you've, you've ruined anything that he could possibly do in the future, right? Recruiting. How, how can you go out on the recruiting trail 
and and have any type of confidence or or try and create any confidence in a recruit's mind that you're going to be there and you're going to have success. They they totally like lopped his legs off at the knee on this thing. It's terrible. So stupid. It's totally avoidable. It's what happens whenever you let people from outside of the program meddle in what you're doing. Yeah. God, leave it up to the athletic director. I guess, frankly, it's what happens whenever you have an athletic director that no one believes in, maybe. Yeah, um, Here, here's the real – they didn't fire him today, but – they did, in a way, they, they did kind of fire him today. They just put an expiration date on his time at Auburn. And that expiration date is at the very latest December of next year. They did not, they put him in a situation now where, especially in the SEC, dude, and they were working from behind anyway, there is no way that he can succeed. He's going to try to recruit, and everyone's going to look at him and say, you're going to be gone in eight months. Why would yeah. I come play for you? Uh, and I'm... I'm guessing that come post-spring practice, the transfer portal out of Auburn is probably going to be full sure. of all kinds of guys. I And I wouldn't blame – as much as I dislike the transfer portal, I wouldn't blame any kid that's been put in this situation now saying, we're going to be awful next year. He's going to be gone. Like that, This is actually an instance where I think the, the portal is okay. Because none of those kids ask for this type of situation. It's a disaster. Yeah. I, I'm with you on the transfer portal being okay for this thing. But, like I said previously, it's totally avoidable. And it's it's done by a bunch of people that want to throw their weight around and throw their money around and throw their influence on the program around. And by bickering like a bunch of little rich kids – all you've done is thrown the the whole thing into turmoil, and you've probably ended up setting your football program back years because of it. Mm-hmm. Bunch of idiots. Go find something else to do, right? Yeah, but seriously, I don't think that you're wrong in saying setting it back years because you are <laughs> two bad recruiting classes away from it taking years to get your program back. Now, I, the transfer portal – can shorten that time, but I don't really see anyone running towards Auburn right now. Uh, you got to play Bama every year. You got to play Georgia every year. You got to play the rest of the SEC West. The conference is about to get tougher. It might be a few years before Auburn is any sort of uh, really good again. Well, it's funny, you know, the last time they had to hurry up and fire someone and pay him a huge uh, um, buyout fee. What'd they get left with? They got left with a guy that they couldn't, like, they were all fractured on. And they ended up with a, a name that everyone was kind of looking around saying, huh, now that's interesting. Like, you can't, like, the way that you've treated these situations over the last couple of years, and heck, I guess you can probably go back further than that. I don't have enough knowledge or care to gain the knowledge to look into it, but you're not going to get guys that you want whenever you treat coaches this way. Yep. Like, and I don't know anything about Brian Horson. Guy may be a total jerk, right? And I I just, I don't know. But whenever you air all this dirty laundry and you have a a fractured donor base or however this whole thing went down, any any coach that is good is not going to jump at that option. 
Just like Brent Venables didn't jump at that option. Yeah, which is maybe the smartest move that he's ever made, by the way. Um, because if you want stability, Auburn is not the place that you are going to find it. And you're totally right. Like, when their job is opened up next in about eight months, candidates are going to look at that and say, well, here's what happened to this guy. Well, here's what happened to the previous guy. Well, wow, this guy won a national championship there, and then they fired him less than two years after. Like, if I go there, it's I better win now or else, and if I do win big, I better continue to do it to the level of Alabama and Georgia or else. Like, there's no way that you could have any sort of stability there. It's it's a good job, but they're so crazy there. They don't have any real leadership there. It's not very attractive to a whole lot of people. Like, that's that's why leadership is so extremely important in collegiate sports. OU has it. We know that. Auburn is not a place where there's great leadership. Chiswick was fired right after the national championship, what, two years after? They, uh, yeah, they won the 2010 national championship, and then the 2012 season he was, he was fired. And I'm guessing they did what everyone does and gave him that post-championship massive contract, right? Oh, sure, yeah. With the big old buyout. God, unbelievable. Unbelievable. But it's going to continue to happen. Not just at Auburn, at, 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 at other schools, they're going to sign contracts to guys uh, right after a, a flash season and maybe not even need, like the, the LSU thing with, with Coach, uh, Coach O, didn't need to pay him that contract. They did it, and uh, surprise, surprise. A year later, you're firing the guy with a huge buyout. Yeah, I, I feel like if Auburn was making this hire, and I do realize that they – trying to go after Brent Venables here recently. But if Auburn was making OU's offseason higher or LSU was making OU's offseason higher, the move would have been like a Matt Campbell or a Luke Fickle. Not necessarily the best fit or what's best for the program, just the biggest splash hire that everyone would ooze about. Yeah. That's why, like, OU, we knew all along, the administration knew all along, we didn't care what the national media thought about it, didn't care that he's never been a head coach before. We all knew that Brent Venables was the ideal candidate for the job, not just someone that everyone would be excited about nationally and call it a splash hire. Flavor of the week. Yeah, right. Flavor of the week is what they uh, would have done. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, and we call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Yeah, first of all, quick shout out to our buddies over at Roof Tech. Uh, Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine, run, runs that operation, does an outstanding job, tons of experience. Handle any of your roofing needs, Roof Tech, check them out. Um, okay, quickly, Aaron Rodgers won MVP, fourth MVP. 
What'd you think about that suit, the corduroy? Yeah, everyone was making jokes of when it's truck month and you sell 50 more than any other salesman <laughs> in the tri-state area. Like, you're just basically saying that you look like a used car suit. I don't know. It, it, was, uh, it was interesting, especially with that long hair he's got going on. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, I thought that was great. Um, Whitworth was up there, gave a that speech. Was awesome. That was awesome. He seems like a good dude. Uh, Vrabel, coach of the year. It was actually a a pretty good my wife kept it on and was watching it and like I never watched those type of of shows uh, but I was actually glad that I did there was some funny stuff I don't know who that guy that was kind of the MC was but he was good did you hear the um <laughs> he said the um you know the game's going to be don't worry the game will be played on turf uh, but the halftime show with Snoop, that's that one's going to be on grass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's that, good. That was pretty funny. That's good. Um, did you see this? Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, uh, has been in the hospital recently now. Ooh. I don't know when this was. He almost lost his leg. Yikes. He had a surgery. I guess he dislocated a toe somehow and had a surgery and had complications from the surgery. And they were scared at one point that he was going to lose his leg. I don't know what happened, and they didn't give many details. But I guess you can see it in his, what is it, prime season or something like that, where he's got prime would still look cool walking around with a limp, though. You know what I mean? He might even look cooler <laughs> if he was. Uh, the State Department is saying right now, if uh, you're a U.S. citizen and you're in Ukraine, you got 48 hours to get out and. After that, you're on your own. Uh, they're even thinking about moving uh, people from the embassy, the um, uh, workers that need to stay behind in the embassy, moving them out, moving them west, I believe. So, Is the thought that as soon as the Winter Olympics are over that things are really going to start going down? Is that the popular I, thought, or is it the Winter Olympics don't really matter? It could go down at any second. I have no idea. It, which it makes sense if you want to hang around and watch the, uh, you know, the couples skating and see if the Russian team wins before you invade Ukraine. That, that makes total sense to me. Maybe you're right. Uh, final thing, uh, Olympics. Sean White had his final runs in the Olympics. Didn't get on the podium. I think he ended up fourth, just outside of the top three. No medal. Uh, Sean White is done. But it, uh, it, because of that, everyone's talking about whenever he won his original gold medal and he did an interview, and I believe it was on CNN, pretty funny. <laughs> so good. I love how he says, baby, there at the end. I'm talking about Mountain Dews, baby. All right, Death. I, I got a couple for you. First off, breaking. Breaking news. Hashtag breaking. Hashtag breaking. Newly declassified documents reveal that the CIA has been secretly conducting massive surveillance programs that capture Americans' private information. <laughs> that was on Twitter last night. And everyone's like, uh, breaking. Yeah, duh. We've known this forever, but uh, what are you gonna do about it, right? I guess who knows. Mm -hmm. Such crap. But 
not a shock at all. And it will just like slide past, you know, no big deal. We're just gathering all of your personal data, sifting through it, whatever. Uh, next one I have, Latrell McCutcheon, former Sooner, current USC Trojan. Yeah. He tweeted something out earlier today that said, I did not get fully vaccinated to wear a mask everywhere I go, fam. <laughs> Talk about things he did not uh, consider before Ooh. committing to USC, huh? Hey, do your part, Latrell. Do your part, okay? Even if you're triple vaxxed, that mask is going to protect you and others. So wear it inside, outside, small gatherings, large gatherings, in your car, driving to campus, on your bike at campus, everywhere. OU at Kansas tomorrow, Fog Allen Fieldhouse at noon. No Marvin Johnson, no Bijan Cortez in the lineup for the Sooners tomorrow. Hmm. Make you worried? Get we you got, worried? Do we got Mo Gibson? Mo Gibson will be in the lineup tomorrow, and well, he's going to need to hit about 10 threes. I'm not worried. Good. I'm not worried. I, th- I don't think he'll hit 10 threes. He'll hit six. He'll be six of nine <laughs> from three. Nice. Bracketology OU is listed as an 11 seed today and one of the last four buys in the tournament, so... Still looking good. Uh, a win or a loss tomorrow, if that happens, won't punish them too much if they lose to KU. Uh, OU softball today, they are a dynasty. 545 mm-hmm. in about an hour, first pitch against Loyola Marymount. Ooh. And then at 830 tonight, they're going to take on Mississippi State. And, of course, yesterday it was perfection. 15 up, 15 down. A perfect game. They win 14 nothing. Jocelyn Allo is six home runs away from Lauren Chamberlain's career home run record. Uh, they rolling right now. It almost feels like they didn't even have an off season, right? And they just uh, they just went from playing the national championship series against Florida State to just rolling the ball out again yesterday and just eh, 14 nothing win in five innings. No big deal. Yeah, and speaking of that Florida State win. I did. Uh, I did have a text earlier that wanted an update on Sander Cock. Uh, <laughs> it was Bob from Cement, wasn't it? it yeah. Come on. Wanted to know if she was still going to be at Florida State. Yes, preseason All American Catherine Sander Cock still at Florida State. BFC. I'm we'll update you throughout the season on on what her ERA is and and what her record is. So there you go. You're welcome. Is BFC sponsoring that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's he going to have to. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Hour number two, The Rush, brought to you by Cavens Construction. Cavens offers remodeling, roofing, water restoration, and facility maintenance. Cavens Facility Maintenance serves all of Oklahoma and can help take the ease off of your staff by fixing those pesky problems in your office building. Tulsa, give them a call today, 918-282-7612, Oklahoma City, Moore, Norman, 405-573-3048, Cavens Construction. All right, let's get through a few texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Jocelyn Allo has a chance to break the OU home run record on their next road trip, which is in Hawaii. That would be pretty awesome. 
Actually, their next road trip after uh, this one this weekend in Irvine, California, is in Houston, Texas. So next weekend, they'll play a doubleheader on Friday, a doubleheader on Saturday, and a game on Sunday. All those games are in Houston. When do they go to Hawaii? Uh, March. March 10th, 11th, and 12th. Oh, she'll have uh, 70 home runs oh, by gosh. then. Oh, she'll, she'll have she'll have broken by then. I We could... Should we root for her to go through a hitting slump before the Hawaii Yeah, I trip? think that'd be – yeah, home of Sooner fans. Let's root for Jocelyn Allo to go through a <laughs> slump. That'd be great, wouldn't it? What is the name of the new OU Softball podcast and when does it air? I apologize if you've already said, but I just turned on the radio from a long day. Thanks, Landshark. I like that name for a texture, by the way, Landshark. Yeah. Uh, Diamond Envy podcast, I just uploaded it today on Apple. So just search Diamond Envy and you will find it there. I'm going to do another one this weekend after the game, so you'll be able to check that out. Yeah, a lot of excitement around the uh, softball program right now. Again, they'll be uh, they'll play here in about an hour, 5:45 against Loyola Marymount. I brought up something college football though with with Parker earlier today because Notre Dame has the number one class in 2023, and Marcus Freeman is is young. He's got that youthful energy, and it's kind of a different type of head coach than maybe Notre Dame's ever had, right? Brian Kelly, Charlie Weiss, Tyrone Willingham, Bob Davey, Lou Holtz. Like, Notre Dame's kind of had a type forever as a head coach, and Marcus Freeman is a little bit different. I um, I think at least on the recruiting trail, this could pay pretty big dividends to them and their uh, f- two five-stars that they already have in this class. Yeah. Uh, five-star edge player, 6'5", 230, Keon Keeley out of Florida. And then Drake Bowen, backer, 6'2", backer out of uh, Indiana. Uh, four-star safety, four-star D lineman, four-star corner, four-star safety. Oh, my God, they're stockpiling defensive players like I crazy. I know. What, nine commits, and I think seven of them are defensive players. You want to talk about old-school football – uh, then you got the Cooper Flanagan, a four-star tight end, 6'5", 228. Yeah, the Flanagan kid. Uh, out of De La Salle. Uh, it's all line of scrimmage, guys. There's one running back, linebackers, tight ends, uh, and then defensive guys, safeties. Well, he has the young, youthful energy, but he's still recruiting the, the, the old-school ways. Man. Not, not uh, the flashy positions on the field. My goodness, that is... Whenever you said Notre Dame's got the the number one class, I was like, yeah, well, yeah, they probably have like one recruit that's committed. That's a pretty good class right there. If they ink that up, that's gonna that's they're probably gonna end up with the top five class. Parker uh, called a shot today. He said Notre Dame will win a national championship in the next decade. I said that no team outside the SEC will win a national championship in the next decade. Hmm. Which take do you hate worse? That Notre Dame is going to win one or that no one from the SEC, outside the SEC is going to win one in the next decade? Well, Notre Dame hasn't won one since what? 88. 88. Uh, they've played in one. They've made some uh, college football playoffs. So that's going to be breaking a big streak. But in fairness, Georgia just broke a long streak. Clemson before them. But. <sighs> that's 
How many national championships out of the last ten have come from SEC schools? All of them except for Clemson's yeah, two? Yeah, Clemson's two. And FSU. FSU was 2013. Yeah, okay, so seven out of the last ten, I guess. Yeah. Or Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State's was uh, 14. 14. Florida State's was 13. So you have one, two, you have four out of the last oh, that's interesting. ten. Uh, but there's a chance that two of those teams could be in the SEC. In the, in the next decade? Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. Seriously. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about that because I think – Depending on when Oklahoma goes, I think we'll probably win a national championship in 2023. So if we're in the SEC that year, that would hold true for you, but okay. it's not. Okay, he says Notre Dame in the next 10 years. I say no one outside the SEC. OU in the next decade, do they win one? Yes. Whoa, <laughs> Mr. Matter of Fact with that. Well, I already told you that I would be shocked if Jeez. OU doesn't win a national championship. It's the most matter of fact response you've ever had on this show before. I just told you they're going to win one in 2023. So, wow. what else you want? Don't get everyone that excited, all right? Hey, when it happens, it happens quickly, though. I don't ask know. Ask Bob to tell Stoops. You. I don't ask know Nick to Saban. Tell you. Ask Urban Meyer. That's right. All right, quick timeout. Final hour of the rush. Final hour of the week coming up next.